when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It is March 6th, 2017, and you are listening to episode 45 of Waypoint Radio. We are live in Lobby 1 of Vice HQ in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Joining me, we have a full cast today. Not a full cast. Almost full. Oh, well, it, we can talk it, about that. We can talk about that. I mean, yeah. it could get fuller and fuller and fuller. If you bring in the whole Waypoint family, it would be massive. It would yeah. be, this whole this room is too small for the whole Waypoint that's family. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. uh, joining me, Patrick Klepek, live on the internet. I'm, I'm here, barely. I, I may turn into a ghost by the end of this podcast, oh, then. No. Funny, funny oh, no. story. When we were making our new oh, Waypoint, no. the Hedgehog OC, <laughs> one of the things, we were going around the table and each one Why do you think the, I'm sick? Yep. <laughs> it makes sense. It adds up. It we were does. adding likes and dislikes. Likes and you're, I, we, you're sick because you're you're not here experiencing the OC for yourself. Enjoy. We'd added likes for each of us. We'd added anime, robots, and sports. I, I had sports. And then yeah. Danica was like, what do we add for, for Patrick? And I said, ghosts. Yep. That's cool. Patrick's, yeah. Acceptable. Acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, like, I wanted to get specific. Also joining me, Danielle Riendo. Hi. And uh, Danica Harrod. Hey. Fresh from from the airport, fresh from fresh GDC. Fresh from GDC, baby. San Francisco, the bay. <laughs> the bay. I was getting hyphy with it. Were you? Yeah. I heard there were, I heard I heard Phil Fish did a did a set, did a Phil DJ Phil Fish set. had a DJ set, yeah, at that dot party. It was very it was lit as they say. It was lit as the kids say. Good. As you as some would say. As some, some would say. say. Some might say it was lit. Yes. Uh, as Danielle gestured to a moment ago, I do want to make a quick announcement. Uh, he couldn't join us right this second because he's going through orientation or just waking up because he's on the West Coast. Yeah. But we don't know. <laughs> today no today is officially Rob Zachney's first day with us as a senior editor. Uh, you might know Rob Zachney from Yay. being on podcasts like Three Moves Ahead, Idol Weekend with Idle Danielle Weekend. Riendo. It's a good one. Uh, Gamers with Jobs. He's a great critic and freelance writer for for years and years and years. He's done some other stuff over the past year, and, and I was really thrilled to uh, bring him on board. And he will be contributing to to all aspects of Waypoint in the future. I am future. so happy. I, this is like a happy. It's Monday, which always sucks, but like yeah. I'm yeah. happy today. I'm it's like it's Rob Day. It's that Rob means, Day. That means we should people, get like a, a cake. People can expect. More esports, I would, I would more say, e-sports, which more is e-sporting. very exciting. Probably more strategy games. Like yeah. so for me, I came to Rob via three three moves ahead, which is a podcast on the Idle Thumbs Network, um, where he uh, kind of took over as semi host uh, for for the, over the last couple of years. Um, and his input there had always been really smart and really thoughtful. And 
I eventually was lucky enough to do a few episodes of that with him. I did a couple of episodes of Idol Weekend with you and, and he, and it was very clear for me very early on that I thought he would be a really great fit for us. And so, hey, very, very soon you'll be hearing his dulcet tones uh, <laughs> either on this show or we're still figuring out a lot of things. Like yeah. I don't want to – there's no announcements to make about Idol Weekend. Podcast uh, stuff not, No, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, as far as I'm concerned – he can keep doing whatever he wants in terms of podcasts, but uh, we definitely want to also be able to use that talent here because he's yeah. great. He does so, have a great podcast voice. Shout outs to it Rob. Is. Good luck with orientation. Enjoy. Good luck. I hope Enjoy. they give you a decent computer. I told them to give you a good computer. We'll see. Oh, you know we'll what? See. Yeah, fingers crossed for you, buddy. The, 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 <laughs> the IT guys out in the IT Truth. folks out in the the LA office assured me that he was getting the best computer that they have. Okay. So good. So great. That's still that is still a wide range of possibilities. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I know. I know. We'll see. We'll see how uh, it goes. Companies, man. Companies. Uh, so besides Rob, the 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 other big news of the of the week was the, obviously the Nintendo Switch came out, and then also GDC happened. And GDC happened. There were lots of cool things that were coming out of GDC. Tanika, as our as our woman on the ground there. What did you What did you get up to? So, well, f- well, first of all, I, I wasn't originally going to be the only one there. That's true. That's you and true. you <laughs> were both rules. going to go. And, and shout outs to some of our freelancers. Kate Gray was there. Yeah. Stephen Wright was there. Joseph Nuke uh, was there. Yeah, there's a, exactly. A bunch of people who've written for us or who will write for us were there. Shout outs to all of those people. But from the, the core staff, Danica was, <laughs> was holding it down. That's right. I, I made business cards with our art by Stephen Graham. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I didn't use the vice art. I went rogue. I made some business cards and I went. Um, I didn't show up till Wednesday because I was spending some time with my family. I'm originally from there. Um, and I uh, I went and checked out uh, Alt Control GDC. Oh, like the, the best. Yeah. Oh my gosh! That is a lot so of good. tell people what that so, is. So Alt Control GDC is a little uh, a little setup where there are a bunch of games that have alt controllers so right yeah yeah so i played um there's like a space game where you are in a cardboard box so like the cardboard box is the controller and that was very fun there were some other games that uh are like multiplayer where you have like a tube and another person has to like tap the tube and tap the tube (laughs) you gotta tap your tube there's a bunch of stuff going on um I hung out at Mild Rumpus a little bit and and just like oh was there is there a second less wild Rumpus now yeah like in the in the South Hall I don't remember I always I always get confused um there's like a little section where people kind of like just chill and watch like um, streams up on the cool. on the TV so I hung out there for a little bit I had a bunch of meetings like to go to like the big events I ended up not going to because it was like and eh, not really in super in our wheelhouse to like cover sure. those um. And also, I kind of just wanted to check out the games like on the floor. So I went and I checked out um, Snake Pass, which I'm super excited for. It's like Banjo Kazooie, but you're freaking That's a snake. sumo digital game. And what's those are the, the folks who the made Snake Pass. Snake, snake Pass. Snake yeah. Pass. Gotcha. So it's like, it's a platformer. Um, you are a snake. You have a little hummingbird. It's, it's literally Banjo Kazooie, but you're a snake. Is it 2D or 3D? It's 3D. Okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah. I know you're a big fan of those. Big fan. Big fan We've of a, a this, good platformer. We, we don't disagree because I believe you that you like them and you believe me that I do not. <laughs> I, very much so. I love, I love an agreement there. Right. Exactly. That is well, an agreement. As long as you don't, you don't actually like Donkey Kong 64, right? Like we're not that far no, down that, the road. In my, in my mind, that uh-huh. game is interesting because of how broken it is okay. in a, a long line of really good 3D platformers yep. and like 3D platformer adjacent games. And that's like the one dog of the bunch, basically. So. I'm with you in that I thoroughly enjoyed those games when I was younger. I refused to replay them because I think my illusions would be shattered. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I, I really worry. like them too. I really like platformers also. So you will like this. Um, I, I'm probably going to love it because I did I did replay Banjo Kazooie on in Rare Replay oh, and nice. most of Banjo Kazooie. Oh, okay. as well. so and, and I still love it. You're in the clear. It, so. Well, I'm we can clear, we can I play think. it we can play it at PAX together. Yeah, we'll let's go. play you it at PAX. and me. You and me will go. We're gonna have you can a go fun off time. And do your own thing. I'll we'll go and you go can, play. You can play your, your RPGs. You or can something. play your, your damn Fire Emblem. <laughs> Why? Go try to <laughs> find some sort of Far Cry Two kiosk in the corner. Yeah, so I played I played Snake Pass. Very fun. The controls are really cool because you're like slithering around and you kind of have to like slither up. Uh, like so you are a tree. snake. You are a snake. You're okay. playing as a snake. You have to slither up things and and collect gems, and it's very fun. I'm also excited about that because it's it's. Uh, I was trying to allude to Sumo Digital, and those are the folks who made the really really good uh, Sonic All Stars Racing mm-hmm. games yeah. and a bunch of other really good stuff. So it's like both a cool concept that I'm on board with, and also like, oh, okay, it's them. They know right. what they're doing. You know, they know, they know. What is that game coming out? Because then that like Yugalele is only like a month and a half out too, uh, which is also a Banjo Kazooie style. I'll do a little Google platformer. Rooney. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's coming out this year. Yugalele is April 11th. Yep. And my birthday. Uh, my birthday. Snake my Pass birthday. is a Wait, hill in Derbyshire. Uh, that it crosses the the parent is between oh. Glossop and the Lady Blower Reservoir. Oh, <laughs> Lady Bower mm. Reservoir, not the Lady Blower <laughs> Lady Reservoir. Lady Blower Reservoir. I can tell you it's elevation. Bye. Please. Anyway, I don't know when Snake Pass comes out. I'm I'm on the Snake Pass website right now. This looks like a rare game. Like it just the colors, the very bright. You're gonna love it. Got a lot of emails about Snake Pass. Me too. To Switch. And this is a thing that uh, this is true for you too, Patrick. That there's it makes like you not want to play them March 28th. Well, oh my god, March 28th slash 29th. Yeah, it does make me almost not not want to not play it. But there's like a perfect there's like the golden ratio <laughs> of exactly the right amount of emails. Snake Pass is not getting it right. No, they're going yeah. too many. There's, there, there is such a thing as overhype, but and there's such a thing as underhype. Like there are yeah. games, there are definitely games that don't get coverage because they're not doing any outreach. Um, nobody heard of it. Hollow, yeah. Hollow Night, Hollow Night looks yes. really dope. And the only reason I know that is because like three people have told me specifically, "Oh, hey, you should check this thing out." And like no one has ever told yeah, any yeah, of us yeah. about that game in a PR capacity. Yeah, like I like, got uh, like Hollow Knight's like reach out to me was like. Hey, you wrote something nice at like Kotaku. Here's a Steam key. And it was like, well, this game is out? Like, what, right. <laughs> when did this happen? <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Because yeah. that's one of those things where, like, you in the press will try to put some time aside to check something out if you know that it's coming up. You yeah, know, like, yeah, So what yeah. else it was, did you it was check fun. out in GBC? Um, I checked out the floor, the multiple floors. I walked around a bunch. There was, like, a really weird paranormal activity booth that I think was like promoting the vibe. It was, it was very Yeah, there's strange. some sort of VR oh, thing that's coming out on Early Access the next couple of weeks. It's supposed to be bad. Yeah, mm. I don't think it came across right. I spent a lot of time in the press room because there was Wi-Fi. Fair. But I did meet up with Steve Gaynor and Carla Zimonja. Zimonja? I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. From Fulbright. Right. From Fulbright, yes. yeah. And I played the Tacoma demo that I've seen online a bunch of times, but it was still good to get my hands on that. What did you think of that? So, so like, tell us, tell us, because I actually had been basically, of, not avoiding, but I haven't gone out of my way to spoil myself on that game, but I am curious about what your what that was like and what your takeaway was. Um, well, going into it, so I, I played Gone Home and I played it again before I went and met with them. And that game, you know, was like, a pretty huge thing as far as like queer media goes Mm -hmm. you know like i think it's still one of the best yeah still one of the best kind of ever across a lot of media so and you say that as someone who as you've noted 
has reviewed a lot of lesbian Many films. Many years of reviewing <laughs> lesbian films before going to that. And I was like, oh, wow, this kicks all of their asses. Yeah. Yeah. So as someone as someone who is, like, queer and has gone through, like, coming out and my little sister is gay and, like, it, it hit very close to home. So going into Tacoma, I was really looking forward to what they were going to do next. And mm-hmm. it's very, very, very different. Um <laughs> The first person you meet is a woman who is the head of this crew on a spaceship. You don't meet her. You meet her skeleton. Um, okay. That's a okay. that's a huge difference. Skeletons in you... coma confirmed. It's like a skeletal, like, it's not a skeleton. Like, you don't just meet, like, like the share <laughs> yeah, zone. Yeah, I was thinking of you a dancing like... skeleton. So anything yeah. less is going to be a disappointment now. <laughs> when is the share zone game coming? I need the share zone. I need, I need it. It doesn't Badly. matter. I need it. Yeah, so it was very cool. The controls are a bit different. You are... Kind so of first person exploration. First focused. person exploration. It's not like as linear as Gone Home is. Like mm. Gone Home is like, oh, here's this hallway. <laughs> We're gonna go here. We get a key. We go here. There's like multiple ways to get codes to access different okay. rooms, and you can go to different rooms and still kind of follow along on the same path. And the big thing I just, I just, this just hit me is like, oh, you met a person, which in Gone Home is not the case, right? Like Gone Home delivers the story through uh, I mean, artifacts. You don't meet. But like you're not just hearing journal entries. You're right. there are people interacting through like it's it's like a holograph or right. something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you control the main person in the game whose name is Amy and she's I'm assuming going to check out like what happened on this ship. But another cool thing is there's a ton of voice acting in this game. So mm-hmm. like in Gone Home the journal entries are kind of like sporadic and yeah. like you get them every couple of rooms. In this in the demo alone there was like dialogue 70% of the time yeah. and it's a crew of six and they have voice actors for every single crew member so right. I'm very yeah. curious about the balance of that stuff so like I mean obviously I guess Steve Gaynor is a friend of the site at this point it's, it's yeah, fair to pretty say much. Yeah. we are one to two degrees of separation away uh, at this point but still I want to be clear like I am very curious about that because one of my beefs with some of the Horizon lore dump stuff was that's a game that has lots of really interesting lore but the way that it tells it to you is just like oh settle in here's 30 minutes of audio logs in a row and that balance can be really hard to get and that presentation of like do I have to stay in the same place while this audio log is playing is it is a single audio log so long that it feels like I'm trapped in it and I Mm -hmm, want to be exploring mm -hmm. stuff like that so I'm curious to see how that from what I remember when like the times I've seen that game like the idea of missing parts of the hologram like video diaries is like built into the design of the game where if you decide to go uh, like they don't stick in one room like they do in Horizon like Horizon is like it's two people talking in a room and so you're (laughs) stuck in this room and you don't as the player you feel constrained and bored and tired whereas my understanding of what i've seen of tacoma and what they're aiming for is like one character is going to go walk down this hallway and if you follow Mm -hmm. them you might get access to a key code or insight into a conversation that didn't make sense in the room in a different direction so the decisions you make as the player to follow different parts of the hologram are actually you making choices about the narrative sort of pieces you want to follow and then you need to reload those holograms to like start putting together what it all means which sounds like a fascinating way to approach the idea of sort of like the the voice entries that a lot of other games get wrong yeah and that's like exactly how it played so you get an ar log you play it if you leave the room, you'll hear another conversation. You can pause it. You can rewind it and start it over in a different room and hear another conversation. That part, that um, you, that little bit is like super that's smart. That's huge. Yeah. 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 And you have a story up on the site that actually gets into your impressions. Yeah. It went up today. So Just it's up today. there. It's up there. It's this very cool. This is not cool. your, your Waypoint debut, but it is, it is maybe your debut of like a proper reported feature. Yeah. A little, yeah. little 
interview yeah. type situation. Yeah. Hope I hope to do more now that I have more time. So. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. Very excited. I'm excited for it. While so. you were off doing GDC stuff and meeting people. And I have no idea what you were doing while I was parties. gone. I didn't see anything on Twitter about... Uh, uh, I think uh, uh, everyone Breath else of was the wild. Breath of the Wild. The New Zelda. <laughs> I think I've given my take at this point a billion times. I'm going to try to contain my enthusiasm because I'm really just curious now that Danielle and Patrick, you both played the game. Like, what what is your takeaway so far? Oh, man. Patrick, you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, I think the the moment that sort of solidified my excitement for the game was, uh, you know, when you you know you you start the game off for the first hour, a couple of hours in sort of a contained environment, and then you have to get access to a paraglider item that allows you to sort of escape the section that you're confined to. And the moment that I got that paraglider, and then I'm you know gliding off until to the to the big world uh, that's out there for you. Like whether this is scripted or not, and you'll be able to correct me if it's not pretty quickly. Is that I when I was paragliding out, I just happened to paragliding right towards a group of horses, and I jumped mm. off my paraglider onto the back of a horse, and like that was my yeah. first like encounter yeah. going out into the wide yeah. world. And was not like, scripted. Oh, not scripted at that all. Oh shit, game. <laughs> yeah. And then I immediately jumped off the horse, the horse, and it ran away. But that part was uh pretty incredible and like that little moment seemed to encompass like a lot of totally other moments i've had in the game that weren't as grand like weren't as like oh my god but uh seemed to sort of like wrap up what is interesting about what's happening in breath of the wild the similar thing happened i was showing the game to to uh alex cook who did our our logo our waypoint logo design there's a lot of great design stuff here advice Someone is dragging furniture around. <laughs> not well, not a thing. Was. That is great advice. Um, and I did a thing where I was like doing the shield surfing down a, a hill and like came off of a jump and then landed in a field and was still doing the shield surfing as horses began to like uh, like flank me and speed up past me and like slowly overtake me at different speeds. And Alex was like, oh, this is a Studio Ghibli game. Like, that's what you're doing. Oh, like, this is man. like a Miyazaki. This is like uh, Spirited Away or Princess Mononoke mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. Or Nausicaa. And like, yeah, uh-huh, yes. That is that is what this visual, visual yeah, style yeah. and feeling of like, like, breadth. Breath you are you are so with small. With you are so small so in small this like huge world of, of a wonder. million yeah yeah a million other so, things. So uh, you're grinning from ear to ear, Danielle. I'm I, guessing you're also pretty high on this. I was a little bit scared about this game because I'm a big Zelda fan and I like the linearity of Zelda games. Yeah. At least when they're done well, like a good dungeon, like makes you feel like so incredible and strong. And yeah, the water temple, yeah. the water yeah, temple, that makes water me feel temple so good. Makes me feel <laughs> great uh, going on levels to levels. I, so I was a little scared about this, and I am 100% in love with this game. Mm-hmm. I am absolutely, like, it's been maybe since Mass Effect 2 that I've actually been, like, this in love yeah. with a game. Uh, I've been struggling to figure that out also. It's like, incredible. What's the last time I was this hyped? So. Uh, and it, and I think part of it is the way I'm playing is is so ideal. So I'm actually playing on a Wii U. I'm playing the Wii U version uh, on the gamepad. And it's fine and works and is beautiful as well. And my girlfriend is sitting next to me. Sometimes our dog is between us. Sometimes one of our cats is between us. And they are obsessed with it, too. They're watching on the screen. <laughs> and she's playing. I'm playing. And we're, like, helping each other, you know. My girlfriend doesn't love puzzles. Mm-hmm. So there are times she's like, baby, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think? And I'm like, oh, if, if you do this and then if you do that. And, I, <laughs> like, I put my game down where I'm doing a puzzle. And we together kind of work through a puzzle together. Yeah. And then sometimes she'll be like, oh, my God, you have to. You have to see this. Like, look at where I am. Look at what I'm doing. We're doing that back and mm-hmm. forth, like, in the same game on two different platforms. And it's been 
the way it's kind of like a cool story bliss. generator, it, it yeah. is the most <laughs> perfect vision of like dorky domestic bliss mm-hmm. that exists, basically. One uh, of my favorite things is Patricia, uh, your girlfriend, yeah. made a tweet the other day that was just like, what's the most interesting way you've died in, <laughs> yes. in uh, Breath of the Wild so far? And I retweeted it and the responses that we've both been getting for it have just been like so, so good. good. <laughs> just like lots of like getting hit by a ram off of a mountaintop or yeah, like – that was the campster one. Yeah, that was so Right. Good. That was the campster one. That was really fucking good. <laughs> it was good. really good. Oh, shout out to It was like making it all the way to the top of a mountain because you have a stamina meter in this game if you haven't played it. So yeah. getting to the top of a mountain is actually sort of an achievement in this game and then a, a ram just hit him in the face and he rolled all the way down the mountain and died so good it's well like, and it's like those sorts of things just do happen non-stop i yeah. was like we're waiting to get the setup uh, together before streaming today and i was like oh, i'll hop in really quick and maybe we'll do a quick quest i did one of the shrine quests not yeah. just a shrine but like to locate a special shrine and on the way i ended up on the top of this like snowy mountain and I was just talking to Tim, like it was like, oh yeah, it's no big deal, just like whatever's gonna, like I'm just doing some Zelda, just can't get out of hand. And then a bunch of little ice dudes pulled themselves up from the snow and like shook themselves at me, and I was like, oh, just calm down, like don't. <laughs> it's fine, everything's and, fine. And none of my weapons were built to deal with them. Like they sometimes you can break them apart with things like sledgehammers or something that does like heavy blunt damage, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have anything that was strong enough to do that, uh, and so I started trying to do the bomb trick. And then I realized that there was one of the. Uh, chameleon type enemies that can Lizalfos. blend into uh, oh, I, I was like, oh, hey, Tim, look, that guy, look at this guy, he's hiding. And then the other guy surrounded me and punched me. I was like, all right, calm down. <laughs> and then Lizalfos jumped me. was like, all right, this is getting a little out of hand. And then one of the little stone guys hit me and I fell down the entire uh, mountain. And then like I dusted myself off and got up and then there was a rhino coming at me. And I was like, all right, <laughs> stop. Just chill out, please. Game. Game. Let me breathe. Yeah. And that those sorts of things just happen all the time, and it's I'm I'm really digging it still. Like so, I'm post game. I'm still just going through and cleaning up little side quests, and really loving their little riddles in the open world and and all of that stuff. So you know what, oh, what I, I can't stand yet, though so. is the uh, I, the controls, man. The controls yeah. bother me Having a some lot. Issues. I really so there there are issues with how Breath of the Wild maps controls. And it should just give you, like, it allows you to swap the stamina and the jump button. And it's like, hey, game, as long as you're it's, doing that, let me just map the whole please. controller how I want. But Because their switch is still bad. The, 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 they're off. So, ABXY, my friend. ABXY is driving me nuts right now. So, <laughs> Y is the jump button by default, uh-huh. right? And B, which is underneath, which is like vertically down below, is sprint. And the thing I want from every game is I want to be able to hold the sprint button down and then just use the same thumb pressure to yeah. hit the jump button while I'm running. And you cannot set that up. It's impossible to do that. What's without- that for me, it's less, even less that. It's that I cannot get the Xbox control setup out of my head. And so right. I want to remap it so that I can just have even though i realize that the letters are in a different configuration on the switch i want to map it so it's like the xbox one controller because at least with the playstation i don't confuse it because it's a triangle instead of a right. y but right. here a y is still a y but the y is in a different place and i have not been able to at least in the six or seven hours i've played to like map that enough to where it's not super frustrating because yeah. my, on my pc i largely use an xbox one controller so it's right. not as though I'm like in just leaving that controller behind and can just kind of like remap my mentally for it. And I find that part really frustrating. I, I would wish they would allow you that right. some sort of customizability there. I just I did the same thing that you just did. I said the jump was on the Y button. It's not. It's on the X button, and the X button is the top button yep. on. Ah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just 
please, please, Nintendo, just let us remap the controls. Well, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna borrow the, the, I'm gonna borrow the Office Switch and uh, borrow Zelda and and take it home. You should. I'm going to play some Zelda. Idea. Get some Zelda going. I need to. The last thing I want to say about it is that it does things with pacing that I think are exactly what Zelda needed. Really? And I won't make a fresh Breath of Air joke, I promise. But it really does actually. I think you just did. You can't say, you can't talk about the joke and then say, I did it. but I didn't do it. I yeah. did it. I'm really <laughs> proud of myself. But like, it actually like, does. I'm not going to insult your hair, but I'm like, okay, well, what? You're already in the mood <laughs> for already it. Just, I understand. Okay. Whatever, I tell my joke. I'm very proud of myself. Uh-huh. So the problem with the most recent Zelda games has been the sort of cruft and the weight mm-hmm. of so much stuff and pacing problems and having the first couple of hours be miserable and handholdy and not fun in the slightest. And this completely solves all that by actually giving you a little bit of freedom right from the beginning. Like right from the mm-hmm. jump, mm-hmm. you can go to these little shrines. Even though it's a contained area, you can go to all those different shrines in whatever order you want. You can actually go off, screw around and explore. And that's actually fun. I like that this entire world is actually fun to explore. Yeah. It's not just, well, I'm going to get seven collectibles. It's, oh, my God, I don't know what little tiny puzzle will be over here. Right. I don't know what little Korok will be hidden over here. I don't know what ram is going to throw me down a mountain over here. Yeah. It's actually offering sort of fresh and interesting and weird things no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. completely solves a pacing problem that Zelda has had for the last 10-ish years, yeah. let's say. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy to just... It's surprisingly for me consumable in this portable short-term way where I can on a bus ride say, what was up with those weird statues that were all facing each other in the desert? Let me go see what that's about and either make progress on a puzzle or even solve it completely or like the one that you saw me do today, which is like – Oh, there's something up with that tree on the top of that mountain, and, and that's all I'll say about it. But like, and there's a little puzzle or a little riddle attached to it. I really like a lot of the little riddly ones that end yeah. up being like, oh, once the heart is set ablaze, blah 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 phase or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like My favorite riddle, blah 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 blah. blah <laughs> phase. Uh, and uh, being able to like work those out over time, where it's like. I had one. I had one that I did. I went home to Jersey over the weekend, and I started one on the bus ride home that had to do with with. It seemed in my head to have to do with a clock or like the directional based on a clock, and I just turned it over in my head over the entire weekend. And then on Sunday, right before I left, I was like, mm, "Yeah, I got it." That's and that it. is really cool. And again, feels like the sort of adventuring stuff that in other games is abstracted out to a dice roll or to like just uh, a scripted sequence or something like that. Whereas this was like, oh no, the solution is it, the 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 reward is always just in the world waiting for you to find. And you could theoretically find it without even doing the quest line. It just yeah. happens to be that the quest line puts you on the right path to getting the thing. Can, so we, can we call this podcast episode Link and Build? Yes, we can. Hey, yes, Nintendo, I fuck with your vision. I'm trying to link and build. <laughs> what is what about? I'm not talking to you. Patrick's face right now. I'm not. Hey, Zelda, <laughs> I fuck with your vision. It's this... time to link and build. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. It's pretty good. I like that. The internet is a bad place. <laughs> anyway. You should play this game. I'm really curious what you I think. I need to play it. I was going to buy a Switch. Mm-hmm. I, I, I told Austin, hey, give me your second Switch. That happened. Let me buy it. Let me buy it from you. And then... Um, I, like I'm a week s- ago, yeah. You were like, "No, I changed my mind." I'm Cancel saving it. up. I'm saving up. Uh, I'm saving up money uh, for an important thing. So I'm like, "Oh, do I want to be an, a responsible adult or do not?" Do you have a Wii U? No. Oh. Right. So you were gonna like 
be a responsible person. And so I like didn't cancel it right away. In fact, another friend came to me and was like, oh, <laughs> word, I'll buy your Switch. Um, but then they wouldn't let me reroute where it was shipping to. So I was like, I'll just cancel it. I'll just cancel it. And that day you were like, oh, actually, I'm, can I? And I was like, Because I got a bunch of money for a show I did. So I was like, oh, can <laughs> no. I buy it? And nope. then, yeah, it's all right. <sighs> I don't know, Internet. Do we have Zelda for the office? I don't know if we have Zelda for the office. Good question. That's a good question. We have to ask our friends at Nintendo, I guess. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Uh, all right. I think it is time to take a dip into the question bucket. Time I know, Danielle, you don't have a lot of time left. You like 10 minutes. You like 10 minutes. We, know, we can get, get into a, to something here at the top of the, the old bucket here. Um, all right. So this comes in a long question. Yeah, I should. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor. Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Pick a shorter one. Ah, it's not that long. This is just formatted such that it looks mm-hmm. long. This comes in from Jonas uh, from Germany, who says, Jonas from Germany. When you explain the concept of, the, of a Disney's weenie in the podcast recently, I don't know if you caught that one. Yeah, America. yeah, yeah. All right. I thought I had to tell you on this occasion how great it is what you bring to video games. It's very sweet. Uh, I also vaguely recall a moment. Was it a dev interview? I can't remember. Where you kind of emphasize that you're interested in listeners, too, who might not be playing games every day or not anymore. People who used to play uh, but still follow the discourse for whatever diverse reason. I think it's great how you keep the discourse open like that. Um, I have a hard time sometimes trying to explain to others how, for me, the mere walking through fog in Silent Hill has a poetic power on its own. And I am thinking a lot lately about these other worlds, atmosphere, bubbles, etc., and their capacity to transport us to these places. A couple of weeks ago, I gave a presentation on the architecture of fun slash theme parks slash video games slash zoos slash casinos slash brothels, etc., in an architecture seminar. And I was thinking about Foucault's heterotopia, quote-unquote, the other place, places in our place with different sets of rules. The architecture of these places has a lot of similarities, and the most obvious to me is the entrance area. Often they resemble doors of sacred buildings. For example, Jurassic Park's gate compared to, to a sacred entrance. Um, check out the pylons on either side of both, and then, and then it's a link to uh, a couple of, of images of like ancient, ancient mm-hmm, gate mm-hmm. pylons uh, across the world, basically. These gates are entrances, not only as an entry, but also entrance, as in enchantment or like to entrance someone. And that made me think of initiations, how how maybe lost uh, ancient ethnic rites come back in new forms like video games and about how the designs or theming or architecture of these places often resemble the classic stages of designs and architect, sorry, of of initiation rites. Think about like an Alice in Wonderland where first she's separated from society um, and then uh, those images like the King Kong door, like the King Kong gates opening or Jurassic Park's opening or Resident Evil's doors opening or all of that stuff and then being stuck in between in that liminal state uh, and then going off on a quest whether that's in Zelda or in Silent Hill. It's just like the thing that, that here is really interesting is just like all of this isn't just a thing that, that is happening in uh, Zelda. That sort of like sightline stuff isn't just in Zelda and it isn't just in uh, designed theme parks. Designed theme thing. parks. Yeah. It is something that has a history in places that were 
meant to be religious, have religious significance, have cultural significance. And it's interesting to see how those have been kind of secularized in turn or or in fact the these spaces have a degree of they feel magical um, because of this history. It's really interesting. So thank you for writing in Jonas. I think that's that's really an interesting point I hadn't thought of. A thing that I thought about a lot was and cut for my Zelda thing was I've spoken to before about this philosophical concept of the aura that Walter Benjamin uh, writes about, which is that um, he kind of splits artwork into two types. Uh, uh, erratic artwork and non-erratic artwork, A-U-R-A-T-I-C, kind of stuff that's made by machines doesn't have an aura because there's no original. There's just like a poster. A poster is just a poster. Your poster and my poster are the same poster as far as we're concerned. Your poster doesn't have any value that mine doesn't until life, for whatever reason, maybe gives it some value. Yours gets signed or something. But before mechanical reproduction – all artwork had this notion of an aura because it was its own thing. The Mona Lisa is the Mona Lisa. You have to go to the Mona Lisa. Right. Uh, and one of the things about Zelda that works so well for me is that's a game where it feels like the things in the world, the distance, there's that distance in the world where no matter where you're going, you have to travel there to some degree. And so it's always just out of reach. Everything is singular. To and everything way. is singular, yeah. right. Like yeah. Even the puzzles that can replicate themselves, even the Korok puzzles where like, oh, it's another Apple Korok puzzle. There's something unique about it every yeah. time, whether it's just like where it's at or like the presentation or like sometimes it's not an Apple. Sometimes it's a honeydew or whatever. Uh, and I think that brings a lot of a sense of magic to it for yeah. sure. Um, so thank you for writing in, Jonas. This comes in from Hunter, and this is, a, I think, a pretty, pretty interesting question, which is he says that he is probably the opposite of the anti-Zelda person who wrote in. A big Nintendo first-party <laughs> fan was also drawn to their new drive to fit games better into a lifestyle not focused on them. Uh, I live with the dread that Nintendo is on its way out the door because the gaming community uh, has decided that, they, that if they put their foot down on Nintendo hardware, they will cave and go third-party like Sega did. So I definitely hear that a lot with a lot of gaming fans who say, I wish Nintendo games would just come out on PC or on P- PS4 or Xbox One or whatever. Um, they know these fans know the sales figures. They know what motivates third parties. Are are they using this knowledge and their dollars then to try to create the above stated outcome? The individual who may, who emailed you was so angry uh, that people may be influenced to go away. He didn't want it. It made him lash out, or at least to troll you. Is it uh, is this fair to members of the industry or customers outside of the mainstream gaming culture? Uh, gamers have often pined for the one console future, and I feel like they are constantly trying to steer the industry in that direction, whether it's for the good of the industry or for the other subsets of players. I'm interested to hear your thoughts about whether or not the enthusiasts uh, of the gaming industry – knowing how the businesses will behave and using that influence to the industry is good or bad. So basically like it comes down to and the subject of this of this email was do gamers know too much about the industry? <laughs> like are we are are the people who are who play games too inside? I I think we're ascribing way too much motivation to how people buy yeah. games. Yeah, do you think that's just like a kind of more passive feeling? Yeah, like they, yeah. The, the the Dreamcast was not a success because people didn't buy it, not because people were like, "Ha ha, we'll get Sonic on our PlayStation." Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, only. like, it's, it's we would that, that be like the one console future is a is an interesting idea, and the PC is the closest you get to that, especially as more and more console publishers are, you know, like look at Square, like Final Fantasy 15 is probably going to be on the PC sometime later this year. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the new Near game is coming like a couple of days after the launch on PlayStation Four. So in some ways like this one console future uh is happening it's happening on the pc for yeah. all games that aren't nintendo essentially right yeah. like all games all xbox one games published by microsoft are now games for window games on the pc lots of playstation games that aren't first party games like are on the pc but this idea that you're gonna like if nintendo makes you know games for other platforms it will because it's in their best interest 
and that's the direction that makes sense for the company. And I, I think that was has something to do with people not buying their games, but not because of a concerted change.org effort to get people to stop buying. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's Nintendo broaden it material. out though. Let's let's maybe broaden out Hunter's point though, and and wonder if like what's the benefit of this sort of insidery knowledge and like neogaf posting and like what what is what is the thing that players that fans get by knowing so much about what like by knowing for instance that the first tomb raider reboot needed to sell x amount of copies but only sold y you know x minus five million copies or whatever i mean i think a tiny vocal minority meaning neogaf meaning people who are super fans of websites that sort of thing it's part of your identity Mm. it's part of your identity it's like a lust for for knowledge and like information and like transparency I mean, there are sports fans who are so obsessed totally. with you know, their yeah. given team that they would say they they have some identity with that team. They say, us, we won that we game, won, instead right. of the, this Why did team we make of multimillionaires, yeah, you yeah. know, mutant right. amazing athletes basically, like, won the actual game. But, like, we did it. It was part of us. Like, I think it's honestly, like, a, an identity thing. It's, like, part of what so, makes the, you you in, the thing in that ways. The thing that I've often, when we've had this talk before about sports, for instance, is yeah. that, like, it's easy to identify a quick commonality there, which is, oh, we are all we all live in New York. Like, yes, we're being ridiculous. Yes, we're being like shitty to other cities or whatever. <laughs> but we're, we're trying to build an identity over around physical proximity that goes beyond neighborhood, that goes beyond ethnic mix, that goes beyond gender, that goes. And often sure. this is not the case. Often sure. these groups of fan, the, these these fandoms are in fact still split among racial and gendered lines and income lines. Yeah. But but the uh, the idealized version of it is we can all root against the Patriots. Right. Yeah, that's, that's pretty the, much yep. yeah. Yep. Um that's the idea. Yep. Uh like whatever I don't care if you're from if you're from Brooklyn or Queens, I don't care if you're in the Bronx or Staten Island. Fuck Tom Brady. Yep. Uh that's supposed to be the yeah. that's supposed to be We're going to get some angry emails after that <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Oh, Patriots fans, boo hoo, your life is so hard. <laughs> Way so hard that you got to write into every sports show or video game I show. And say, oh, what, Did we ever read top? that Tom I can't. Brady. I don't have enough fingers for all my Super Bowl rings. <laughs> I'm gonna put new fingers on my hand. Um. So <laughs> yeah, off. that's the, that's the, the that's the ideal, right? Is. Patrick can really just Patrick is the ideal. Patrick is I the ideal. I agree. Uh, <laughs> in all all facets of what that implies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we all knew that, that, that was the coming. ideal of what that is, and and it's hard for me to see that same motivation behind like the people who write in and say that we're Nintendo fanboys or whatever, right? And like like you don't have the thing you did that has proximity is you bought the PlayStation Four instead of buying the Xbox One or right. the, a there, PC or the Switch. Or there's whatever. an uncomfortable economic element to this I, I guess maybe it's closer to say something like uh specific music fans people who really love a particular band something that's not tied to geography or not tied to any you know other factor like people who love a thing they mm-hmm. love the experience they get from a thing who then identify as people who love this thing right Gamers. i would also say that you know? uh we at the video game industry is one of the least transparent media industries around. Um, There was an exchange happening between Simon Parkin and Jason Schreier on Twitter earlier today or last night that was uh, the two of them talking about different instances in which they all they asked was a a game company, how many people are working on this game? And the company refused to actually acknowledge how many people working on the game. And so I actually think a lot of what we see when 
people are so-called experts on places like Reddit or NeoGAF or, or even ourselves. Like we're actually operating on imperfect information in which the video game industry is refuses to be transparent about very basic facts, which leads people to think that they know more than they actually do, which leads okay. people to do those things that you see as shared on Twitter all the time where it's like – it's like, oh, why don't they just add online multiplayer to this game? Like, it's super easy to do. Like, I've seen how easy Unity is. And it's like that, like, displays, like, a gross ignorance of the difficulties of adding or doing anything to a video game. So I think actually the video game industry does itself like a grave disservice because by not being more transparent, you actually engage a bunch of people to be, like, willingly ignorant because the only information they have is deeply flawed. Yeah. Danielle, you have to bounce. Probably I have think. to run. We're going to do one more question wrap right. up. So thank you for joining us. Danielle, where can people find you before you? can you find do? me, Danielle or I, on Twitter. And they Great. can find me at this beautiful website. NewEnglandPatriots.com slash Danielle Riendo. I don't even like the Patriots. I just, I just grew up in a place where that is the religion. It's, it's right. the only thing. That's yeah. the only thing. Like, I don't actually care how they do. It's just like... I keep up with it so I can talk to my dad about <laughs> right. it. You know, you know, I. You go on Christmas and Easter. Yeah, yes. I go on Christmas and, <laughs> and Easter. The Super Bowl. Yeah, yes. I like football. I just don't care as much about team. I got gotcha. That's a whole other. Uh-huh. I, I love you all. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right, our last question comes in from Kevin, uh, who does not give a location. So I'm going to say he's I from London. Okay, so yeah. This is Kevin I like from that. London. Uh, hey. After listening to your talk about your strange Breath of the Wild-related troll encounter, it got me thinking about whether I'm enjoying Breath of the Wild more because it's Zelda uh, and more because it's Zelda and if the same applies to other games I enjoy. A particular example I can look uh, look to uh, that I'm sure of is licensed games like Pandemic Star Wars Battlefront and the Dragon Ball Z Budokai series. Uh, I have completed – I have complete confidence that I like those games more and played them more because they are skinned with the looks and sounds of Star Wars and Dragon Ball Z. Now I'm wondering if I'm enjoying Breath of the Wild more because it has characters and a world that I already have a fondness for. Even though it's clearly a great game independent of the setting, would I enjoy it less if, if – I weren't Link fighting Bacoblins and instead were some new character fighting some new monsters. Um, is this something you've ever run into in your own critical examination of games? If so, how do you take it into account when working out how to convey your feelings about the game? Thanks. Keep up all the cool stuff you're doing. I think that's, a really, good, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, like we're emotionally tied to franchises, characters, worlds that we've been a part of. And yeah. I think it would be, yeah, it absolutely, you are enjoying that game more because totally. you've enjoyed Zelda in the past. Like, in the same way that, you know, like, I want to see a new Friday the 13th movie. Like, some other creature could kill those damn campers the same way, but I like it when Jason does it. So <laughs> give me another one of those. And so I think that's, like, that's part of, you know, I think what we were talking about with the sort of uh, how the trappings of Breath of the Wild, its design ethos, is sort of uh, mainstreaming some ideas that have been mm-hmm. happening in other games, where if you were to take this and put it, like, just into a, you know, a Far Cry 2 sequel, uh, you know, people uh-huh. wouldn't necessarily have been as attached to it as, like, putting it in the vehicle, in the agency of Link and his world. Like, that allows people to uh, identify with it easier because they sort of accept, like, oh, this, I, I like these, I like these types of games, so I'm willing to allow Link and this world to be a little bit different, right. and I'm willing to, like, let it take me by the hand. And so I think you end up liking it more both because of your endearment to the franchise and also because you trust the franchise to treat you a certain way. Well, I think for me the thing ends up being just like be really honest with yourself about that. Um, like as a, as a critic, I do my best not to deny that when that's the case, mm-hmm. right? Like yes, there are things that I enjoy. When I played a lot of Dragon Ball uh, Xenoverse – 
it was because it was specifically giving me a Dragon Ball fantasy that I've had since I was like a 12-year-old boy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like that's part of the experience. And as a writer, I want to engage with that. If you look at like yeah. what I wrote about Galaxy, it was the same thing. They're like, oh, I like this game partially because I think it's like a really fun action roguelike. But also because I love mechs and I love mm-hmm. space anime mm-hmm. and this feels the way those do. And so to what the critics should be doing is being aware of the way that that theming and, and yeah. setting and characters can help. Um, though also it's probably worth saying that like the opposite is true, right? Which is like I bet those sword art online games are probably okay. I don't have any fondness for that world or those characters, and so that's an extra obstacle for me to ever actually playing those games. Or that, uh, the, so, the, the, but what the, about that, chapters? What about chapter sixteen point five? I never. Liked it. <laughs> you I brought know. up you brought up sword art. What were you saying, Patrick? Uh, it was that, that Heroes game that came out like the early part of right. uh, twenty sixteen. Uh, Heroes game that, Gemini, Gemini uh, Reborn. Yeah, that I, that I've written and talked about. That like Vinny Caravella Giant Bomb that that you've mentioned. Uh, it's like a totally. A, it's a pretty great. Like game with like weird uh, like time travel and psychic powers that is completely undercut by being associated with the terrible Heroes franchise where uh, people aren't going to click on that because one, it's a licensed game. B, it's a licensed game based on Heroes. Uh, and so th- that is an instance in which it subtracts from your ability to have an open right. mind about the experience and your, and your, in a, in your uh, ability to – even perceive the idea that this could be something I might enjoy because why would I want to play a game based on heroes? Totally. Yeah. Right. And that can be tough. Like I – or there's the other thing which is like you can do this in a way that's not just about a history of a specific game, right? Like but it can be the history of a genre or something, right? Like I definitely went through a period where I really didn't like the fantasy genre in general and that almost kept me from getting into Whoa. like the Dragon Age series which mm-hmm. I actually like a lot mm-hmm. but like that is a difficult thing to get a hump to get over and again like I just feel like the key is to just be like really upfront and and reflective on terms of like what it is you like and don't like when you go into a thing yeah for me like um I think I brought up this game a bunch, but Nino Kuni was like one of my favorite sure. games of 2013, and I was really excited about it because of Studio Ghibli's involvement, and um, I grew attached to the characters. And now the next one that's coming out, Studio Ghibli is not involved. The oh, characters really? I didn't are know different. They weren't involved. Mm-mm. Oh, wow. Um, so, am I am I looking forward to it? Uh, sure, but I don't know that I'll like pre-order. You know the the like huge bundle like edition. I did with the original. So you know, that's the thing is like I, I think that there is and I do I do want to say also I think that we can do our best to be at a critical remove and like be, not to ever be really truly disinterested. But like I did my best to to hang up my previous dislike of the Zelda series when I went into to Zelda, right? Like I do my best when I go into like Persona 5 mm-hmm. when I'm playing it. I'm I'm obviously thinking about the past Persona games, but I'm also trying my best to let it stand on its own and and thinking about it from that perspective. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, I don't know, it's just like be aware, mm-hmm. you know? Um and and don't be afraid to say, yeah, I like this because I happen to like Star Wars a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Like that's a totally valid reason to like a thing. Don't let anybody fucking shame you for liking Star Wars Battlefront because it has Star Wars in it. Star Wars is dope. You like Star Wars. That's okay. Yeah. Like, Thanks, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, son? You're allowed to – you could be the Jedi one day if Aww. you try. You could be, you could be the Great. one that brings balance to the Force, Patrick. Oh, perfect. I've, I've, I have seen a ton of people who have been very vocal about their dislike of Zelda come uh-huh. out 
um, after Breath of the Wild, you know, was released and say, oh, hey, wait. Zelda's actually good. Right. Or just like Nintendo in general. There were a lot of people who have yeah, like a very dismissive yeah. – like the person who wrote in last week. But even people who I generally like have like have come out and said just like uh, Nintendo is for children or like mm-hmm. anything Nintendo makes is shitty. It is and like, so what if, if like – so what if, if kids like kids. Nintendo games and like yep. who cares? Yeah. So what if like – We've been playing Zelda games since... I've been playing Zelda games since I was four. The first video game I ever played was Link to the Past. Right. So, like, I don't give a shit. Like, let me feel, like... Let me feel nostalgic and let me feel, right. like, free as, like, a 27-year-old playing this game for 40 hours. I also feel like we we fucked up by not talking... About, not forcing people to talk about nostalgia in a more uh, productive and nuanced way uh, around Breath of the Wild a little bit. Not that we have like not that we have the keys to the discourse kingdom. Yeah, uh, I fucking wish that would mm-hmm, be. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I think about some of the great writing that came out last year or two years ago when Ernest Cline's Armada came out. Um, the Ernest Cline had written Ready Player One, which is a book I don't like in any way. Uh, and then, and then when Armada came out, his follow up to that, it also read like uh, the same sort of like deep love in for the the past. Um, and the thing that that came out of that was some really great writing around the notion of nostalgia. Um, I'm gonna just read a little thing from the knives were out for that book. They People fucking have been were sharpening them since Ready Player since One right, came yeah. out and said, "Ha ha, we yeah. got you, Ernest." <laughs> um, the the thing that um, Laura Hudson wrote for Slate for that was, uh, I mean, let me just find like the the, the right uh, kind of jumping on point here. Um, the sins of Klein's era specific obsessions and wafer thin characters were forgivable, given the the effervescent pleasant pleasures of his geek culture mashup. With Armada, though, Clive, uh, Klein finally has the opportunity to address the question of whether his work has legs beyond the crutch of his referential obsessions. The answer is no. Our, fan- <laughs> our fantasies can tell us a great deal about ourselves, and the fact that Klein's work has often been trumpeted as the ultimate quote unquote nerdgasm or some sort of apotheosis of nerd culture should be troubling to anyone who identifies with the label. There is nothing wrong with nostalgia on its own. Our love for the media of our youth, and more importantly for the qualities that made us love it in the first place, is not only worth remembering, but also capable of sparking new and wonderful creations, so long as we're able to distinguish inspiration from imitation. Uh, It's a valuable question for, for gaming culture, and nerd culture more generally, to ask itself. Do we want to tell stories that make sense of the things we used to love, that help us remember the reasons we were so drawn to them, and create new works that inspire that level of devotion? Or do we simply want to hear the litany of our childhood repeated back to us like an endless lullaby for the rest of our lives? Um, and I think Zelda, the new Zelda, Breath of the Wild, does the former. Mm-hmm. It really does try to make sense of why people fell in love with that series to begin with. It, it really did help push the series in a new direction that that kind of underlines or outlines all of the reasons why we we fell in love with that feeling of adventure um, and exploration to begin with. And so I do want to figure out a way to leverage the word nostalgia here, but only in it or, or in its most positive form mm-hmm. uh, instead of instead of using it as a watchword or like as a as purely a negative, which is which is great. So. All right. I think that might do it for us this week. 
Cool. Not this week. This Monday. I do that a lot. I mean, <laughs> we do have to figure out Monday. this week, though, because Thursday, you, Danielle, and I are driving up to Boston, and we will That's be true. at we'll PAX. That's true. We're doing a couple things weekend. at PAX. Yeah. Uh, Danielle will be on the 404 ing it panel with Pat Bear, uh, and I think Jeff Gersman is going to be on that one this time, and some other folks. Uh, all three of us will be on the League of Heels. Yes. Uh, uh, Pax, Pax, not Rumble. Paxamania. Paxamania. Yeah. Thank you. Um, got to prep for that. I got to get in the character. I got to really. We got to We got to get to. We got to get to the punching bags. You know, and oh, get ready. Yeah, I know. Listen. We got to spar. It's. We not going to spar with you. <laughs> Why? Are you scared? I'm, I'm busy. Oh my gosh! An excuse. An excuse. Uh, I'll be doing a panel with some great folks on the notion of authorship in games, whether or not the author is dead, whether or not authorship has value, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what else is happening at PAX? Just walking around. We'll be running around doing a lot of shit. Yeah, we'll we might doing, do some streams. From we'll there, be doing depending we'll, on how stuff we'll be shakes hopefully out. Hopefully, doing some streams oh, from our. Anything. We got a party pad. Just want to let everyone know we got we a party pad. It's an Airbnb. We're going to be partying. We don't have a party pad. <laughs> I don't even know if we have that Airbnb. A party pad actually sounds like it could be used for a lot of (laughs) stranger things. Yes. Yes, Patrick. Um, We do not have a party pad. We'll be at PAX. Party pad is what you give to someone after they've been partying. True. Oh, you got to put out the party pad. Danica has been partying too much. Way too hard. Kind so you've got to figure out the podcast schedule. We'll figure we'll out the be podcast gone. schedule. I'd love to get Rob on at some point. Maybe we'll pre-record an episode for, mm-hmm. for Friday so that we can introduce Rob to our listeners. Uh, what else? Uh, you can find everything we do on Twitter. Where, where can people – hey, Danica, as our social editor, where can you people find us on the internet? People can find us at twitter.com slash waypoint, uh, waypointoc.deviantart.com. I hate you. Um, waypoint.vice.com, facebook.com slash waypointvice. Uh uh, Poplio, what is it? Poplio Pals. I forget what the Poplio one is. How are you going to forget is. our Poplio one? I don't remember. I'm not going to tell you. I haven't played Pokemon Sun and Moon yet. Mm-hmm. Poplio something dot what? Poplio something dot what? Because <laughs> it's not that. I don't think it's Poplio something dot com. You don't even know what it is. How are you getting mad at me? I, you know, you're the one who brought it up. You're the one who brought it up. Um. Anyway, yeah, you can find us at a bunch of places. <sighs> but most importantly, waypointoc.deviantart.com. I can't with you. I thought it was Popular Pals. I don't remember. Anyway, you, you can, can find, find me, me wow. at Austin underscore Walker. And you can find me at Danica Harad. Is that not right? Aaron. I you again. said it right. This, this, you yeah. said it right it's, when we it's started. Never, it's never going to correct itself. We're too far. We're too far <laughs> in. <laughs> good. That's good. Where can people find you, Patrick? You can find me at 1414 East Tunnel Hama in Los Angeles. No, Louisiana. The location of the party pad, a great place for kids to play games and oh. get uh, and oh have my fun. Gosh. That was a free ad. Party Co. <laughs> really, they couldn't get .com. Well, let's see where partypad.com goes. Partypad. It goes to my house. This amazing domain is for sale. Please contact <gasps> us with your offer. Domains at partypad.com. It's a real thing. That's not even at like a domain site. Like they got it, and they're like, "No, we're setting Party, it up." Partypad.net. This website is unavailable. Well, I mean, we can get that. Partypad.org. Partypad.zone. Partypad.org just goes to an admin panel. I feel like there's a Russian hacker somewhere in here. Oh boy, this is no it's, good. It says not secure. Uh, you can find me at Patrick Klubik, uh and, and right now, Waypoint. 
Thank you so much, Patrick. Stay tuned, everybody. This week's going to be some some good stuff. We're going to figure out some streams. We're going to figure out how to how to play some some cool things, some dope games. I think drop this week. We always got to figure stuff out. We that's, always got to you know, figure stuff out. That's, that's where that's we're true. at. Uh, let us know, as always, uh, what you're up to and what you're playing. You can write us at uh, uh, gamingadvice.com. Use the subject questions to get your questions into the bucket. Yep. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us that's this it. Monday. Yeah, I know. I know all about Bowen. <laughs> Waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Also, you can check out Bowen's music in uh, in Snipper Clips. Yeah, it's in Snipper Clips. Uh, Bowen, who does our, our great theme, Miss You, off of his EP, Pale Machine, also is in Snipper Clips doing the soundtrack to that. So check that out. We actually did a stream on Friday that included uh, some Snipper Clips, some Zelda. That'll go up sometime early this week. So cool. check out you Put out the party pad before you play Snipper Clips, though. You got to put out that party pad, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. All right, everyone. Catch you on Wednesday for a stream, probably. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.